back for another episode of Tipsy Chronicles here in Austin, Texas. I never say that we're in Austin, Texas, really, but I, I think I should start doing that a little more often. I uh, uh, endorse that fully. <laughs> Josh, how are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Uh, I could complain, but I'm not going to. <laughs> well, you're in you're in a little bit of a, a recovery from, from not feeling well. Um, we had to reschedule. I know that. Yeah, I apologize about that. I no, mean, no, no. Some, something's going around for sure. Everybody's yeah. getting it, and uh, I got it too. So. Well, you look terrific. Uh, you don't look sick at all. So That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean it. So, uh, But no, thank you seriously so much for being here. Um, happy to have you. You have a different type of story that we usually have. Um, it is a little, little terrifying, a little uh, horrific, but uh, some solid points definitely. Um, so caution to anybody before we do get started in that, this one is a little bit different, um, not to scare anybody, but, uh, before we do that, uh, let's tell the listeners a little bit about you. Uh, my name is Josh Balzer and, um, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Originally I've lived in Austin since 2011. Uh, I spent the majority of my twenties living in San Diego off and on. I kind of crapped out and had to move a couple times, uh, as a lot of people do, but I, I tried to live out in Southern California for my 20s and then wasn't really thriving out there. Kind of spent my whole entire 20s partying, which is where some of these stories are going to come from. Uh, But now I've been here since 2011 and uh, I'm not in the industry now. I'm not a stand up. I'm not uh, a a real storyteller, although I'm known as my by my friends for being a storyteller. Um, I'm a, like a labor union organizer is what I do now. So I do talk for a living in a sense, but um, this is going to be a couple stories from my youth of being crazy. Well, I definitely can't wait to hear them. Uh, do you go back to Ohio at all? Uh, never during the winter and about like once a year, maybe depending on how much my family guilts me into it. Okay. Um, but not that often. Okay. I, I just had a um, family that was uh, from Coshocton, Ohio. You ever heard of a small ass town called Coshocton, Ohio? Never in my life. Yeah. Um, I've never even been there, but apparently it doesn't really exist. People dog Cleveland, but uh, there's a lot going on in Cleveland. Yeah. There's a lot of great live music there. Uh, they've got a great food scene. They've got professional sports teams. Yeah. Um, you can get robbed in any part of the city at any time. You know, it's kind of like Detroit in that way. But um, yeah, like it's a great place to be from. <laughs> uh, but hey, I'm definitely not. Uh, living in cleveland is that on the brochure so like you can get robbed anywhere um it should be if it's not i mean (laughs) uh for my for my union they had a conference there and they told everybody uh specifically like don't go out in public by yourself downtown damn people so damn yeah i've i've passed through there a couple times but never enough to get robbed or anything like that never living in a cold climate in the winter again yeah no i don't i don't like that either and between uh, california and texas you'll definitely get a little spoiled by by that i mean it's it's like 50 something a day and I'm, I'm, it's, I don't like it uh, at all. I'm, I'm wearing, I'm wearing like a wool, whatever the hell this thing is. It's cold out there. I'm like a big dude. I thrive in 50, 60s. <laughs> that's like my comfort zone, you know, like besides that. I'm, I'm like a 70, God. 73 and above kind of guy. There you go. But well, cool, man. Um, I'm going to let you take the floor if you want to get started on, uh, these adventures. Sure. Um, this is like kind of like a bigger story that has a couple stories before and after it. Um, the main story takes place on Cinco de Mayo of 2005. It was 050505. And me and my uh, best couple friends, we used to go to these like divey bars and kind of like 
you know, seedy places all the time or whatever and uh, go have fun. And we were at this one bar in Cinco de Mayo of 2005. And uh, some weird stuff was happening at the bar that night to where I ended up leaving early. There, it was packed. There was a ton of people there. Uh, this bar does not exist anymore, so I'm going to drop the name. It's called Scalari's Office. This place was so dingy and dirty. You could, like, take a piss in the corner of this place, and nobody would ever notice that you peed in the corner. Like, um, smoking inside, even after the smoking ban, it was just grimy, right? I, a bunch of hipster kids went there all the time. All the bands that played were awful. I love this bar, right? And so we were there on Cinco de Mayo of 2005, and the first thing that happened at the bar that was really crazy, short story, as I'm standing at the bar, and then I feel somebody kind of like hit my shoulder, and I turn around, and it was this hipster guy, 120 pounds, smoking wet, and he had like a, a hipstery beehive haircut. You remember when guys would have like a hipster beehive haircut? I think I know what you're talking about. Early to mid 2000s. Right? Yeah, yeah. And he starts like leaning back and giving me the evil eye, right? And I was like, what is this guy's problem? And his girlfriend comes up to me and she goes, oh no, oh no, don't whoop his ass. He's on heroin and he thinks you're somebody else. And I was like, what is going on in the world? Uh, I was like, take your man home. Like, you know, obviously he should not be out at this bar. Right. And then uh, a little bit later, I run into a guy who like kind of has the same aesthetic as me. Uh, I had a, a goatee because it was 2005. He had a goatee and a shaved head like I do, but he was like twice my size. And he was like, this guy with this beehive keeps coming up to me and hitting me. Cause he's got some kind of problem with me. And I was like, Oh man, he thinks I'm him. He thinks I'm the huge guy. So that was the first weird thing that happened that night that kind of just like the mood was off. Right. And then on top of that, there was a girl who was at the bar who I had hooked up with previously. And, um, she was also coincidentally from Ohio. Um, and then she moved out to California with her boyfriend and she found a bunch of gay porn in her boyfriend's stuff. And then after she broke up with him, uh, I was the first guy she got with after they broke up. So uh, I rang her bell or whatever, and then she had like an awakening or whatever. And then she got with everybody in the neighborhood afterwards. I was the first one, but she got with everybody in the neighborhood afterwards. And she was at this bar acting crazy this guy comes up to me and because she was like hugging on me and i was like hey how's it going and then uh this guy comes up to me like directly afterwards and he was like oh i slept with her like last week and i was like well, i slept with her like three weeks ago <laughs> there's probably a bunch of people here she's like more power to you you want to go do your thing right no judgment or whatever but she was just acting wild right and then so the the combination of those two things um made me and uh, my other one of my other best friends, there was three of us at this bar, and me and my other friend, um, we decided to leave early that night because we just weren't feeling it. And then my one friend, who this main story is about, um, he decided to stay at the bar because there was a girl that he had hooked up with like a year beforehand, and she was there. He wanted to see how it was going to go. She was there with a couple of his friends. So I ended up leaving the bar, right? Uh the next morning, uh, well, later that night, the crazy girl from the bar climbed into my window at 3 o'clock in the morning. Crazy. She was acting nuts that night. She hangs out at my house, and then my phone starts ringing at like 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning. My phone just starts ringing off the hook. And I'm not sure what the day of the week it was, but like I run out. to This is like when people had actual telephones in their houses. I run out to the phone, and... Um, I pick it up and it's my friend who stayed at the bar. It's his roommate at the time. And he said, 
Uh, he's in the hospital and he's on drugs and he keeps on asking for you and my other friend to come to the hospital. I'm on my way to pick you guys up. So I gather myself together uh, and then I put on some clothes. I kick the girl out of the house and uh, he picks us up to go to the, um, to the hospital and he tells me that my friend is under a fake name. Like apparently when something crazy happens, they put you under a fake name at the hospital. So when I get to the hospital, we ask where the fake name room is. We get escorted up by a police officer. And then we go into the hospital room and my friend is in a hospital bed and he's bandaged up. He's looking pretty beat up. Um, and in the hospital room is his uncle. His, his uncle was like our age. So I say his uncle, but it was like kind of like cousin age. He used to go party with us all the time. So it was his uncle, uh, Uncle Tom, and his wife, and his uncle's kid, and his boss, and a couple of his friends, and then, like, I think there might have been a detective in the room at the time, and then my buddy is in the hospital bed, and he's bandaged up around his neck, and he's, like, on morphine, and he's in pretty good spirits, and then me and my friend came in there, his roommate came in there, and he was like, there's a reason I've asked you to come to the hospital this morning. Shit got crazy last night. I'm going to tell you what happened. So my friend is looking at me, and he starts telling me the story about what happens after we led the, left the bar. Like, nobody was there, right? Like, it's there's, like, his boss is in the room, right? Like, And uh, he starts telling me the story. Like, it was just me and him in a room. He's on morphine at the time, right? And he said after he left from the bar, he went back to his house with the girl that he had hooked up with previously and one of her friends and some random guy from the bar. They went to go have a little after party at his house, um, hang out, have a couple more drinks, see what happens. This is something common we used to do all the time. We always used to go out to these bars and see who we could get back to the house afterwards because that's when stuff goes down. You have a party, whatever. Of course, of course. Our, our neighbors hated us. Uh, I ended up living in this apartment later on. They call the cops on us all the time. So he comes back to his house with the, the two women and the random guy. Well, I guess they're all randoms at this time, but he had slept with one of them like a year ago. And towards the end of the evening, the one girl who he had hooked up with before wanted to stay with him. Uh, her friend was very adamant about she wasn't going to let her friend stay with them, and the dude was just kind of off to the side. They start arguing. They start making a ruckus. Um I should also say this too. my friend who this happened to, I'm going to call him Jerry. Jerry was the biggest player I've ever met in my life. This dude, um, I don't know what it is about him, but uh, I don't know if it's a snowball effect. You get one and they get more and more and more, but like women just like flocked to this guy. And he was also maybe possibly a sex addict for a while to where like he, he didn't like, he would sleep with people he knew he shouldn't even sleep with, right? Or he'd right. have like a ridiculously attractive girlfriend and then step out, you know? Um, yeah. So he didn't really care if he got with this girl or not. You know, they started arguing and about how the one wanted to stay and the other one wasn't going to stay. and didn't want her friend to stay. And so he decides he's going to kick everybody out, right? They're making too much noise. Nothing's going anywhere. He's like, Forget it. Everybody leave out of my house. So in the apartment that he lived in, there was three exits out of the apartment. There was two ways that had open gates and one way with a locked gate. 
the girls go down with the guy. And, of course, they go to the one exit with a locked gate. It's got the trash cans around. They're making noise. They're hooting and hollering. They can't figure out how to get out of the apartment complex. So he goes down to go show them how to get out of the apartment complex. He goes down there. He's talking to the girl that he hooked up with before. He said, you got to go around the side to get out of here. Let me show you. And he felt someone, second time, someone hit him from behind, right? And it was the girl's friend who hit him. And then he kind of pushed her away, and he was kind of in shock. And he was like, what are you, crazy? Like, you got kick rocks. You know, yeah. you got you to gotta get out of here. And um, so he leans over again to, like, go talk to the girl who he had hooked up with before. And then he felt the girl kind of jump on him, and he felt a pinch. And then the girl in front of him just starts bawling, crying. And then all three of them take off, right? They run, and then he's, like, really confused about what happened. And then he runs up to his apartment. And looks in the mirror, and he sees that the girl had jumped on him with a box cutter, and she had cut him on his throat from, like, all the way across. And he's telling me this story as it's like it's you and me, here to here, in front of all of his family with all of the details. Um, I'm in shock, you know? Like, yeah. he, he's in the, the, the bed, bandaged up. Like, he's got, like, a a scar on his neck from here to here. It's like a Frankenstein scar and it's got blood on it. But he's able to talk. He's able to talk. So basically like he goes up to the apartment, sees that his, his neck is like open or whatever. And it didn't cut into his windpipe. Like the deepest parts of the cuts were into the muscles on the sides of his neck. It didn't cut all the way through his arteries or his windpipe he wrapped a shirt around his neck, called 911, and then basically the paramedics came and they were able to basically save his life. We lived pretty close to a hospital. Wow. So, and everybody ran, right? Everybody, the, the guy drove away with, with the girls. Um, so he's telling me the story in the hospital room, me and my friends, and he was like, the reason I've called you here today is I want you to gather the homies and I want you to find the guy who drove those chicks away. He left me for for dead. He left me to die. I want you to go find him and whoop his ass, basically, right? right? And so that's where the next bar story comes in, is uh, <laughs> the night, uh, May 6th of 2005, we rallied the troops. All of our friends, um, not everybody could go see him in the hospital because he was under a fake name. Technically, uh, they were looking for this girl for uh, attempted murder at the time. Um, but we decided, like, he gave us a description of what the guy looked like. And based on his description, we thought he was talking about somebody, but it ended up not being that person. So we went in pursuit of the wrong person that night. We got all of our friends together. We've got people who do, this guy BC does hip hop, and there's all these, like, you know, producer type guys. And then we've got these metalhead friends, right? Like, everybody just came out of the word work for Jerry. And uh, to find this guy to whoop his ass. And so we went around to all of our normal places, right? Looking for this guy, looking for the wrong guy. So um, we're not having any luck. We're all like, I don't know if you've ever had drinks before to where like, if something emotional is going on in your life, they hit like 10 times oh, harder. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. So um, that's happened to me like many times in my life. You have like two beers and the next thing you know, you're. Yeah, I think that's happened to all of us. Yeah, right? Yeah. So everybody was in a state is what I was going to call it, like a frenzy almost. And so we go around to all these bars, and we can't find this guy, the wrong guy. And then so at the end of the night, 
we go back to Scalari's office, the, the dingy bar where we were the night before. I'm outside with a buddy of mine, the one who also left the bar early. And um, he's smoking a cigarette outside, and a guy comes up to us. And he was like, you guys were hanging out here last night, right? And we were like, yeah. And he was like, did you see the guy I left with? And it, the guy came up to us to tell us the story of what happened. We had no clue that it was him. And there was like three cops outside of the bar at the time for some reason. And my buddy was just like, what did you do today? And the guy was like, I went to work. And my buddy was like, well, I went to the hospital because my friend got cut up last night. The guy runs into the bar and we rally the troops, right? We had people waiting in the alley, people waiting in the back of the bar, and the people in front of the bar waiting for these police officers to leave. He sees this all and he takes off. This guy starts running for his life. We're chasing after him. The metalheads are coming out of the alley. The hip hop guys are in the front of the bar. And this guy did something with his body I've never seen before. He like leaned back, like his torso was behind him and his feet were out in front of him and like went clack, 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 clack. And his shoulders made this weird noise and he took off running with his feet in front of him. His feet were moving so fast. It looked like a road runner. You could, this guy took off for his life. I've never seen anybody run this fast in my entire life. He was out. He beat us all for somehow we got his keys off of him, but then we lost him. Like there was like 10 of us running after this guy and he beat us all. Maybe he was a track star before he started hanging out in bars. Maybe like <laughs> it was that's like, impressive. It was definitely like, um, I feel like, a, I would say like crackhead energy, yeah. you know, like <laughs> for some reason something came out of him, uh, uh, you know, maybe it was uh, PCP energy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But he saw the, he saw us coming and he took off. Apparently like later on, he ended up like going to the police and saying that he would testify because he was scared that we were going to like find him and fuck him up. Right. Basically. Yeah. So my friend, um, Jeremy, he's telling me this, this story altogether. And then, um, he's all right. He's alive. He's fine. Um, for like basically like a couple years, maybe like afterwards, he couldn't turn his neck left and right very well. He would like turn his whole shoulders to kind of turn his head. And he's got this like big scar on his neck. He's very tattooed up or Right. Um, but like, yeah, people would come up and ask him about it forever. So this is kind of like a cautionary tale of like, be careful who you leave the bar with. You don't know, like, uh, apparently like the woman, uh, she ended up getting arrested eventually. Um, and then, uh, she ended up going to prison for this, but, um, her husband was like, what happened, what she said happened was that her, she was freaked out by the other random guy that went back there. I guess he kept on trying to ask her if she wanted a foot massage and that freaked her out. This is what she said. This is the road runner. The, yeah. Yeah. You can yeah, pretend yeah. that the, the road runner wanted to massage her feet to the point where she had felt like she had to murder somebody. So her, so uh, yeah, to the point where she felt like she had to murder somebody, her, um, her husband was a Naval officer and gave her the box cutter and said, while I'm out, uh, and not in San Diego. Uh, if you ever feel scared when you go out, this is what I want you to do. So he kind of like taught her how to do it. Um, they, they caught her. She got arrested. Originally she was charged with attempted murder and, uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure how it happened, but like she had like, she was like a Naval officer's wife. They had like Navy lawyers or whatever defending them. And, um, 
So they got the court date pushed back like a bunch of times to where like it wasn't it was a it was like a long time before she ended up going to court for this. And they timed it for she got pregnant before she went to court. So she ended up like talking down the charge to felonious assault with a deadly weapon, but she did go to prison. Right. Is is the moral of the story. Yeah. I mean, at least she got something for that. But is it so she was friends with the girl that your friend had slept with. Yeah, yeah, they were friends, supposedly. But he wasn't trying to get with her, really. No, no, he was just trying to see if he could make something. You know, the only reason he invited him back was, well, I mean, he would have invited him right. back. But, like, the reason he invited him back is because he had hooked up with this one of her friend, like, previously. Right. I, maybe that girl didn't know it. I, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, he wasn't, even, he wasn't even the one she was trying to talk to that night. Yeah, just her motive seems a little... A little off there. That's pretty um, suspect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I I get it that you've walked down to leave and you're you're locked in, but that's not a reason to cut someone's fucking throat. It's like after the fact. Yeah. You're outside. Yeah. You know, like uh yeah. And also like cut the roadrunner dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Um but yeah, I obviously don't don't murder people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um yeah, super crazy story and this is something like we used to do like, you know, several nights a week as we would like go out to bars and trying to have like after parties or bring people back to the house and many times it was a great experience. Certainly. Like a lot of times it ended up being, you know, times that I'll never forget. But um yeah, this is a cautionary tale about be careful about who you who you bring home. Definitely. And what was what was the the vibe like for you guys after that happened and still going out to bars? Well, we continued to do it for for a while. The weekend my friend got out, we went to Mexico for the weekend with these uh this one girl, we uh her family had a house like south of Rosarito that was like overlooking the beach and he was like, "Man, I don't want to like let this experience like mess up my life." Right. So like we went and we drove to Mexico the week to party like the weekend he got out of the hospital. We we just relaxed and you know, he drank a little bit. You right. Know. But um yeah, so uh for a while um it was the same, you know, but then I kind of like slowly personally like started growing out of partying as much. Like that experience like changed me as a person like you know we were one step away from like you always talk about like one of us is going to end up dead or in jail and it almost happened you know it it could have happened yeah uh you know he got very very lucky and it changed things for me and it wasn't like a a defining moment to where like i was like and now i'm done you know i still go have fun yeah i do it more responsibly now than when i was running from my messed up childhood in my youth my entire 20s yeah. but so um yeah uh it definitely changed things for me and he actually himself he's sober now um and uh he still likes to go hang out and have a good time he doesn't go to like bars and stuff but he goes to shows and uh he's successful and um you know it was really like kind of like the turning point i think for both of us in a lot of ways to like really changing our lives around good that's awesome so it's a happy ending to that fucked up story horrific sure. story yeah. yeah like um i i asked him too if he was okay if i told the story here because it's kind of like that's that's his story absolutely you know so and he he was fine with me telling it he asked me to tell yeah the story to other people sometimes because i um, remember a lot of the details um but yeah he's good he's 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 uh he actually just moved to texas so nice did he move to austin he stayed here for a few weeks and now he's like uh living in san antonio okay so. Well, I'll be there eventually. Maybe I'll run into him somewhere. 
Maybe. But uh, did you did you ever see the Roadrunner again after that night? I that was the when we chased him down. That was the first and only time I ever saw that guy in my entire life. Like I had not seen him before that. I did not see him after that. Never saw that guy again. Probably, but I'll never forget what he looks like. He'll pr- he probably moved. <laughs> he probably hit out and then moved because he thought one way or another he'd get his ass beat. Yeah, I mean. Probably would have. Yeah, or maybe he maybe he went to jail for a little bit too. You never know. It's Cause... possible. The story that I heard is that he, you know, he agreed to testify right uh, on my buddy's behalf because he witnessed the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess that gets you a, a, a pass, but you still fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you still have like you should still have something, but I guess I don't what, know, every every state's different. What do you do in that crazy crisis moment? You know, like, do you run? I mean, like, who knows how you react when something like that happens? Most people will never see something like that. Right. You know, so I I can't, I'm not going to say how he is one way or the other. Right. All I know is he's fast. Yeah, he's a survivor (laughs) for sure. Reminds me of, uh, I don't know, some of those movies where like they just morph into something else and then just. That's 100% what it was like. I, I always say he like went into like lizard mode or dinosaur mode. It was just like super crazy contorted the top part of his body and yeah <laughs> was that uh was it i am legend was that you ever seen that movie before uh will smith yeah but he's like uh like all those zombies but they're like fast and shit it's, that's just the vision i get from that guy when he morphs into into whatever yeah yeah crazy <laughs> well i'm glad your friend made it out alive and uh i'm, I'm glad it, it it's it's a scary story with a a, a decent ending so yeah yeah um yeah, it's like um, I always try to tell it to people as like a cautionary tale. Yeah, you know, uh, be careful who you go home with uh, at the end of the night. You know, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Well, Josh, uh, I I'm so happy you you stopped by and were able to share a couple stories with us. Um, Thanks for having me. I've yeah. got a bunch of other funny stories that aren't this shocking <laughs> um, that are also about bars. I would love to come back and tell some of my funnier stories and do more conversation. Absolutely, brother. We will get that on the books shortly. But uh, for this one, we're gonna we're gonna stop here. And uh, again, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Cheers, man.